You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from the Hospital Home Lottery show home in the executive community of Watermark at Bears Paw, custom-built home by Crystal Creek Homes, 6,800 square feet of developed living space, five bedrooms, seven bathrooms. That's the grand prize worth $3 million. Also, the early bird, Corvette and California bonus prize. The deadline is midnight tomorrow. You can win a 2023 Corvette Stingray convertible plus a six-day getaway to sunny California, or you take the $150,000 in cash. Visit CalgaryHospitalHomeLottery.com. Or call one triple eight five four one five five four zero at the bottom of the hour. Madison Shipman, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet. Jays get waxed by the Rangers. Playoffs are in doubt right now for the Toronto Blue Jays. But first, NFL analyst, NFL on CBS, the Ross Tucker podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Our man Ross Tucker. Good morning, sir. How are you? Morning. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Um, Ross, I uh, wanted to get your uh, opinion right away. The Aaron Rodgers stuff. It's just. It's just sickening for the sport when a guy like that goes down, how he went down, doesn't even complete a pass. It just sucks with the amount of intrigue we had in the uh, AFC East heading into this season and the Jets as a whole and the big media market, Super Bowl contenders, yada, yada, yada. What I wanted to ask you is I want you to weigh on in this turf versus grass conversation because you've obviously played in the league should every stadium convert to grass? Have you played on grass surfaces, which were way harder and painful than playing on the artificial turf? Where do you stand on the real stuff versus the fake stuff? Yeah, so it's interesting because I actually interviewed uh, one of the executive VPs of the NFL, and I'm going to have it on my, my show next week, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and You know, what I don't really understand is the NFL says that the data is inconclusive about turf versus grass and that there are some grass fields that are better than the turf fields, but there are also some turf fields that are better than the grass fields. Um, And so, um, so I said to him, I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like, do you guys have different data than the players? And he said, no, it's a joint committee. And the data is the same. So I guess I'm just a little bit confused as to how they're looking at the same data, but evidently they feel differently about it, um, even though they're looking at the same data. So that's a little bit strange to me. Um, You know, when I played, I'm the wrong guy to talk to because I think my rookie year – there might have been still a team or two that had like the old hard AstroTurf. So when they got the, when they got the, um, when they got the, the, the softer like rubber pellet fake grass stuff, we were all like, Oh, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, cause it was so much better than just the hard carpet that they would lay down on top of the cement. It was actually soft. So I kind of liked the fake grass because it was consistent, whereas real grass can be very inconsistent, 
right? Not only from game to game, but also like different parts of the field. Like when I was at the Patriots, okay, they wouldn't um, they wouldn't take care of the field on purpose. Belichick thought it was a competitive advantage, so they they would not take care of the field at all. <laughs> and so uh, there were different parts of the field, and we would practice on it like every day. Like in yeah. Belichick's mind, he wanted to be as crappy as possible so that um, when these other teams would come in, they'd be like, what is this? And they wouldn't like it and whatever, whereas we were just used to it. Like it was crappy, but it was our crap, you know? Um, and so uh, I think I think when I was in New England, I think that the field guy, the field crew guy quit because he got criticized so much, but he, he wasn't allowed to say like, yeah, it's not my deal. This is Belichick. He was hilarious. Um, well, again, we all remember the, the Super Bowl uh, last year, Chiefs and Eagles. People were complaining about big, giant chunks of sod coming up, and the field was was not good for such a game uh, of, of importance. What I wanted to ask you, Ross, is uh, did you ever have did you ever play with guys who complained about playing on turf or grass or vice versa? Like, were they really cognizant, like the skill guys, like the running backs, the quarterbacks, the receivers? Did they ever complain about grass versus turf when you played? I don't really remember that, no. Because, again, um, we were just coming off this era. Like, I'm trying to think, like, I think I started a game at the RCA Dome, and it was the old hard turf in India. So, like, we're coming off an era where – so the teams were all getting rid of the hard carpets that we all hated. Buffalo actually did it my first year there. I think 2002, they still had the hard, you know, cement-type carpet, and then they brought in the softer, fake grass, rubber pellet thing. So we were all kind of, like, happy that they were getting rid of the, the hard stuff. It's funny how it changes. Right. Is this story overblown? Well, it's overblown in the Aaron Rodgers conversation, yes, because that was a three-step drop. He needs to get rid of the football, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, you know, he had a guy on him. Like, if it was non-contact, I think that's a little bit different. Right. But – I don't know. I don't think that that happens unless you've got a guy hanging on his back. Um, week one is, is always super fun, Ross, because the overreactions are just incredible after the first week. Uh, which storyline are you buying into more? Uh, the Lions for real after that win in Kansas City or Josh Allen and the Bills are a little overrated? Um... I guess I'm buying into both of them. Oh, okay. Maybe equally. I, I, I think the Lions are for real. I think the Lions are going to be in, in the mix until the end and have a great chance to win that division because that's a game that the Lions would have lost like every other year ever. <laughs> um, and then for the Bills, I don't know. I will say this, though. Like last year, everybody had the Bills number one in like their power rankings and stuff. And – this year, I think I had them on the Raw Tucker podcast. Powering. I think I had them six. I don't know. Maybe the Bills are properly rated, you know, because they didn't come into this season with as much fanfare. 
Ross, that being said, like the Lions, I like betting the Lions. I like betting Dan Campbell, but I like betting the Lions when they're an underdog by like four or five points. How are we going to approach the Lions as favorites for a lot of the rest of the season? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, Especially this week, it's strange, right? Because, you know, I actually think Seattle, I thought Seattle coming into the year would be pretty good. And I was that was by far the most surprising result to me was, you know, the way they lost that first game um, against the Rams at home. I was stunned by that. Stunned. And so um, I think the Seahawks will bounce back, but I can't I can't take them to beat the Lions. So I guess I like the Lions. Keep it rolling, and I mean that's a big difference. Lions two and zero, Seahawks zero and two to start the year. If it happens that way, right? Uh, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst on CBS, the Ross Tucker Podcast, joining us here on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, nine sixty, the fan. Uh, Ross, we played your uh, the clip earlier about your um, Taysom Hill comment, which was obviously taking way out of context. Context. Have you, have, you, have you gotten some flack on social media? Have you dealt with that? Because I love your sarcasm on social media, and then people get just fished in on it. Your, your, your thoughts on your Taysom Hill comment from this past Sunday? Yeah, well, so um, I definitely um, got a lot of flack for it on social media. And the good thing is, I don't care at yeah. all. <laughs> yep. I mean, listen, anybody that listened to the whole thing or hears me out, yeah. I think most people actually agree. It's, it's the people that just heard the first three seconds and just tweeted right away, Ross Tucker just said Jason Mills, one of the best players ever. Ha, 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 ha. Well, it's like, dude, first of all, if you know me at all, this is all I do all day, every day. So if you think I'm, like, comparing him to Jerry Rice and Tom Brady and Lawrence Taylor and Jim Brown, you're a moron, right? Like, that's not what I meant. And I even said right after that, I'm not talking about Hall of Fame or those type of things. I'm, I'm not. Um, and so I'm, I'm just in awe of what that guy is able to do. I'm talking, like, pure football player, pure all-around football player. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, Tom Brady, let's just all say he's the best quarterback ever, okay? Mm-hmm. Is he a better pure football player than Taysom Hill? I mean, when you think about all the things a football player could possibly do, like an all-around – Tom Brady can't run a lick. We've seen him. He can't catch. There's no <laughs> chance Tom Brady could ever get one snap at any other position on the field, right? Sure. Like, Tom Brady on the punt team, Tom Brady returning kicks, I mean, he would get murdered, right? So, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. When I think of the best all-around pure football players, I think of, like, Taysom Hill. One of the uh, low-key games this weekend has two of the top picks of the most recent draft going head-to-head at quarterback. One of them is going to get their first NFL win. The question is who, C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson? What did you see from Richardson in the first week that makes you think this guy is going to hit the ground running in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I thought he did some good things. I, I really did. I thought I thought he did some positive, some positive things. It was about what I expected, you know, some flashes of brilliance, some poor throws, 
the biggest thing to me is it kind of looked like he knew what he was doing. You know, like it kind of looked like he had a pretty good feel for where to go with the ball. And even though um, he made some mistakes, it felt like he didn't make the same mistake twice, which I thought was highly encouraging. That's it's a good point on like players coming in and quarterbacks. Like I wonder if you've almost seen that before with different guys because it feels like that's not necessarily something that you can pick up. You kind of have to be able to just get in, grab this system, be able to grow quickly and move forward or else you end up like some of the guys we've seen that, you know, highly touted come in, have a couple rough years and they just kind of fade into the darkness. Yeah, I think there's I think there's some truth to that, and I think young quarterbacks showing that they have the ability to do it, and showing that they are able to go ahead and you know not have to you know make the same mistake twice. I think that's a really good sign. Really good sign. Ross, more impressive win in week one, Browns over Bengals or Niners over Steelers? Mm, Niners over Steelers because it was on the road. Okay. And because, you know, t- uh, Brock Purdy coming off of that of that injury. That, that's the thing that jumps out to me. There was still some trepidation or hesitation. I thought that was, Really, really impressive. Um, as, as, as my, my man Maddie to the left of me, uh, big Bengals fan. Is there any cause for concern with that calf with Joe Burrow? Because they just kind of looked out of sync that entire game. Or is that offensive line, Ross, going to be an issue in Cincinnati this season? Um, no, I think they'll be fine. I mean, his calf will get better. He didn't aggravate it or make it worse. And... You know, I think it affected him a little bit. I think the weather affected him. I think the Browns' defense is much better. And if you remember, they were terrible week one last year, too. So um, maybe this, maybe yeah. the Bengals are just slow starters. Um, how can you slow down the hype on the Dallas Cowboys after what they did oh, to the Giants on Sunday night? Uh, because it's only one game, and it doesn't matter whether you win by 40 or one. It all matters whether or not you win. And also they had a bunch of, like, one-off plays that are unlikely to happen again. Like, um, you know, a blocked field goal for a touchdown or a, um, a situation where you have an interception return for touchdown. Like, you're not going to have that happen that many times in games. Was there anything that you've seen over the last little bit that intrigues you as far as the next quarterback for the New York Jets? I know we got a little bit away from it there for a moment, but we keep seeing more over the last few days about how they're exploring free agent options, and this quarterback has reached out to the Jets. Is there anybody that you think could be a match and and make this team maybe competitive to remain in the AFC East? Um, No, not really. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of hope with whoever they would bring in. I think hmm. competitive that they can stay there, but, I mean, it's just that division so tough. I I don't see them getting a double-digit win without Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, I thought, they'd get, I thought they'd win 10 games, probably maybe 11 with him. Now, without him, I think that they'll be more like seven or eight, maybe nine. 
I, you know, we talked about the Jets' offensive line already and, and that one kind of chop block that led to the Achilles injury. That group did not have a great day, that offensive line. Which uh, offensive line were you maybe, do you think, needs the most work after week one? How would I word it that way? Uh, boy, there's a bunch that could fit in that category. Um, <laughs> and and um, the Jets are certainly one of them. Because it's not like it's injuries either, right? Like the, these are the guys they're going with. Um, yeah. And I think the I think the Bills D line is good. I don't think it's great. That, that, I, I'd say probably the Jets. Ross, uh, tonight's game: Eagles hosting uh, the Vikings. Does this feel like a big get right spot? Even though the 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 Eagles uh, gutted out that win in New England against the Patriots, the offense looked just a little disjointed a little bit against Belichick's defense. Does this feel like a get right spot for the Eagles tonight at home against the Vikings, who just had that bad loss to the Bucks on Sunday? Um, no, I don't think so. Because of the Eagles' Ooh. injuries, the guys that that are out for them, I, I don't think so. I, I think that they're going to have to scratch and claw. I mean, they've got four starters that they're already without for um for tonight's game so um yeah man i mean i I don't know i think it's uh i think it's going to be a tight close game you're down a corner a safety a linebacker the running back and i think the vikings are going to play better than they did losing a home to the the bucks which really surprised me yeah, that, that was a big-time uh, win for the Bucks. Um, we talked about a little earlier, uh, Canadian Chase Claypool uh, not looking the best right now for the Steelers. Might not play this week. They gave up a second-round pick to acquire him. Like, how, how, how much longer is he going to be a Steeler? Like, how does that guy get right? Because he just looks like a shadow of himself, Ross. Or for the, for the Bears, excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's going to be tough for him to get – to get it back, to be honest with you, really tough for him to get it back. It's just there aren't a lot of uh, there aren't a lot of stories of guys that have kind of it's gone this south for them, and they've been right. able to to work their way all the way back. I mean, I hope he does, you know, but I don't know that he will. Ross, where are you going this weekend, and how was kind of being in the booth for that uh, for that Saints game last weekend? Yeah, it was awesome. So I'm only, you know, I'm I'm kind of the seventh crew for CBS. I'm doing four NFL and five major uh, Big Ten um, mm-hmm. SEC type college games. But mm-hmm. this week I have Saturday night Vanderbilt at UNLV for uh, CBS Sports Network, and then Sunday night I'll be in the booth for Westwood One for the Dolphins and the Patriots. So really looking forward to that. Um, can, can, can the Dolphins, if Tua stays healthy enough, how much noise can they make in the AFC, Ross? A lot. Yeah, I mean, especially if they got Jalen Ramsey back later. But yeah. a lot. I mean, I think that they are – they were like the only offense that looked like they were in midseason form last week. That's how I would describe it. I mean, they looked, they looked really, really good. Uh, I can't wait to see the game plan that Belichick has for them Sunday night and watch that game. It's going to be awesome. Um, is Tyreek Hill? I know it's it's week one and he was an absolute beast, but the guy continues to put up put up monster numbers last year for the Dolphins. Is it time to put him in the best wide receiver conversation in the NFL? Yeah, I think he was already there. 
Um, like the because uh, Russ is there. essentially you can't cover him, right? You just can't cover him. You need like two or three guys to very, cover him. Very, right? very, very, very hard to do. There's no question. Very hard to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some people they're already putting him there. Yeah, um, so he definitely is. I mean, I don't know, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, maybe, but. I don't know. Let's put it this way. I don't think the Dolphins would rather have anybody else other than Tyreek. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I have. I, I just wanted to ask you, there was a story on social media around the Bills yesterday about a comment from a reporter Well, there wasn't even a scrum going that has kind of picked up a lot of traction online. Uh, as far as a reporter kind of talking bad about Stephon Diggs saying, you know, he kind of does whatever he wants, I think it's being blown out of proportion. My question is, how much do players talk about reporters when they're behind closed doors? Ooh. Mm, not that much. Mm. Not that much because most of the guys don't even know their names. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They that's might talk in general about the media, but not that right. much about mm. specific reporters. Just the overarching umbrella that is the media. Yeah, it's like, oh, the media, this, this one media guy asked me a stupid question, listen to this, or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. not like, yeah. it's <laughs> like, hey, Bill, Bill, George Rustic had another stupid one for me this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably accurate. What Ross says as soon as he gets off the Ross, I'm, yeah. I'm really proud of ourselves that we actually talked about football for a segment. Because we talked to accents yeah, last week. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what the response is from the great the great people of Calgary. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I think next week we'll mix it up. We'll do half nonsense, half football. Sounds good. Okay. That's a good balance. Uh you got you got something you want to tell us about or Yeah, sure. My it's called myfrontpagestory.com. It's by far the best gift you can ever get a loved one ever for any reason. I know some of you have birthdays for loved ones or anniversaries coming up. Go to my front. If you have to get a gift for anybody anytime soon, just go to myfrontpagestory.com. Throw your email address in there so you at least get the, uh, the discount codes for the holidays or Valentine's Day or Mother's Day. Trust me, it's mm-hmm. probably the best gift I've ever seen you can get your wife or your mom or whatever. Myfrontpagestory.com. Absolutely. Ross Tucker, NFL analyst on CBS, the Ross Tucker podcast. Ross, always fun. We'll talk to you next week, pal. Sounds great. See you guys. There he is in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Straight ahead, Madison Shipman, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet. Halloween's not too far away. You can get that My Front Page story in time. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick um, Blue Jays stat, and you'd be like, oh, God. Um, Ben Nicholson-Smith, friend of the show, tweeted this out. Uh, Blue Jays now 80-66 and behind Tampa Bay, Texas, and Seattle in the wildcard race. Texas and Seattle own a tiebreaker over the Jays, putting pressure on Toronto. For example, if Seattle goes 9-7 and and they finish 90-72, and if Texas goes 9-8, and they finish 90-72, and in that scenario, the Jays would have to go 11-5 and to go to 91-71 and to advance. That's has uh, got to go 11-5 and in their last 16. That's really good. Hey, that's great news. That's really yeah. positive stuff here on a Thursday morning. Uh, we'll talk to Madison Shipman, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet, about the Jays getting booed off the field last night <laughs> at Rogers Center. We'll talk to our foul, uh, Val Ball is going to join us for the uh, hospital home lottery. We're at the beautiful show home here at the executive community of Watermark at Bears Paw. Uh, we'll 
give you details about tickets. The early bird special is ridiculous. The 50-50 is absolutely absurd. We'll do all of that next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. We're live from the Hospital Home Lottery, beautiful show home in the executive community of Watermark at Bear Spa. This puppy is custom built by Crystal Creek Homes. 6,800 square feet of developed living space, five bedrooms, seven bathrooms, a beautiful hot tub. There's a table tennis uh, table behind us. No ball, though. Shocking. No ball. Maybe usually. Yeah, no ball. You know what ball we do have? Val ball coming up. Use. Just put it on a tee for me. Sure did. Uh, from the Calgary Hospital Home Lottery. Uh, the early bird prize deadline midnight tomorrow. You can win a 2023 Corvette Stingray convertible plus a six-day getaway to sunny California for four um, or take $150,000 in cash. Um, the uh, 50-50 right now, too, it's over $1.7 million, which is just absurd. Uh, get your tickets, CalgaryHospitalHomeLottery.com. Call one 541 From the uh, positivity that is the Hospital Home Lottery that helps out a lot of people in our community to that absolute beatdown by the Texas Rangers of the Blue Jays at Rogers Center last night to talk about it. Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Madison Shipman. Madison, how are you? I am doing great. I will say I'm a little jealous of the table yep. tennis that you have behind you. I, there's yep. no way I could walk by that table and not start to play a little bit. Now, I'm not very good at it. Home runs are not good uh, in table tennis, but I still give it my best effort. <laughs> uh, there's also a hot tub outside as well, Madison. So oh. it is, it is a, it's a ridiculous uh, setup we got going on right now. Was last night the worst loss of the Blue Jays season? You know, I was sitting there going back and forth, and I, I I do think that it was just purely because of the timing and where we are in the season and just how important this series was coming into into this week. And it, it was just – it felt like the Rangers' offense was almost suffocating in the sense that they were just hitting the ball, spraying the ball all over the field, and they've been consistently hitting the ball with authority these past three games. And you remember, this was a team that was really flailing coming into this series. Uh, they're now on a four-game win streak. The win that started that was a win against the Oakland A's where their go-ahead run was courtesy of a wild pitch. So it hasn't been very long that this offense has been on track, but we look at what Corey Seager has done the past three games, and they have people like Mitch Garber step up and Jonah Heim as well. It just feels like a collective team approach, and I don't mean that they're going up there looking at the same pitches, but in the sense that they are forcing the pitchers to bring the ball into the zone, whether it's with fastballs or with sliders or with curveballs, and when it is brought into the zone, they do not miss. And when you get into that spot as a hitter to where the ball starts to look like a beach ball up there, that's when you can start to expand the zone and get some base hits on maybe some pitches that are outside of the zone. But the one thing that they have done extremely well the past three games is forcing the Blue Jays pitchers to bring their best pitches into the strike zone, and they are hammering them when they get it. 
Do you think there's anything to going up against, you know, lackluster competition for 15 games and then going into a series against one of the best hitting teams in the majors and that's had an impact on the pitching here through three games? I think it can a little bit. I was more looking forward to that stretch of those 15 games against those sub-500 teams. Um, to try to get the offense a, a little bit more confidence, try to get them rolling. And it did seem like at times during that stretch, they started to feel a little bit better. We started to see a bit more length into the lineup. And you would have some innings where you got a lot of consecutive quality at bats, leading to hits, of course, leading to runs. So sometimes as a batter, when you it doesn't matter who you're facing, but when you're able to be productive, you're able to get a little bit of confidence underneath you. You can kind of carry that into the next series, no matter who you're facing. But I do feel like this pitching staff in general, particularly the bullpen, um, they've had to pitch in so many high leverage situations just because the offense has not been consistent throughout the year. There's been a lot of close games where you've got the bullpen coming in late in a one run uh, tie ball game. And you begin to wonder, do those types of situations start to wear on the bullpen as you get deeper into the season? And when you look at things from a statistical standpoint, the bullpen ERA has uh, nearly doubled in the month of September compared to what it was the rest of the season. A lot of that has to do with some of the free passes that they've given up. They've given up significantly more walks and not even looking at some of the times that you're intentionally walk batters to put your defense in a better position. But just going up there, not having quite the command, not the sharpness of their pitches that we even saw just a few weeks ago from the bullpen. And I thought Joe Siddle brought up a great point on our pregame show yesterday, wondering if all those high leverage situations that they've been in throughout the season might be starting to wear on them as we get deeper into September. Hmm. And that's not the best time for that to be happening. I also had a question about some of the bats here because listen, Dave Schneider's come up and had a historic start to his major league career. Spencer Horowitz has been pretty positive. Is it surprising that some of the veterans, some of the, permanent major leaguers have not been able to kind of grab some of this momentum that you get with a team when you have young players come up and have success. Yeah, to your point, I, I was kind of under the impression that maybe with the way that David Schneider has hit the ball so well, uh, Ernie Clement, um, even Santiago Espinal with a couple of hits last night, when you have other people in the offense getting some hits, it can oftentimes take some pressure off of some of the other guys in the offense, take some pressure off of Laddie, off of Bo, off of George, to have to be the ones to get it done every single time because you've got some other guys in the lineup that are being that are able to produce. But you've seen the consistency from, from Davis and even the pitch selection from Ernie because of the swing decisions that they're making up at the plate and the way that they're adjusting to how the pitchers are throwing to them as well. And a lot of that goes into knowing yourself as a hitter, knowing your strengths, and also being able to go up there and execute a game plan. I feel like that's a phrase that we've been throwing around quite a bit lately when it comes to the offense. Uh, but what I alluded to it talking about the Rangers, their game plan is to bring the ball into the strike zone because they know that those are swings that they can do damage on, not just pitches that they can put in play um, because, you know, the hand-eye coordination from this Blue Jays offense is off the charts. They can pretty much hit everything that you throw up there, but there's a difference between putting it in play and hitting it with authority. And you're seeing the Rangers hit the ball with authority a lot more consistently than you're seeing from the Blue Jays, and a lot of it has to do with them going up there, executing the game plan, and swinging at the right pitches. Even last night, there were times where 
they got themselves into good hitters counts. And you're talking your 2-0 counts, your 2-1 counts. Those are the types of situations you want to be in as a hitter because you've got the pitcher on the ropes. And Montgomery was still throwing pitches on the edges. And then you take a hack at it. You get a ground ball off the end of the bat. And all of a sudden, the momentum goes back to Montgomery, goes back to the Rangers. On the flip side, there were some other at-bats where they got the right pitch to hit. Um, and they just they just missed it. And, and I do think that there's a combination, uh, a bad combination of a product of either swinging at the wrong pitches or going up there and just trying to get a hit. And when you're hunting for results, oftentimes your swing is not as fluid uh, as it would normally be. And just being off a little bit with your timing or with your mechanics can make all the difference in the world when you're facing some really good pitching. Madison Shipman, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, nine sixty. The fan. These sixteen games rem- remaining, Madison. Who's it more important for for uh, staying potentially the, for the future with their franchise? John Schneider or Ross Atkins? Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, it... I feel like it's a tough one for me to pinpoint either one of them um, because when I, I look at things from a winning and losing standpoint, I'm still looking at this team and, and the offense, and they have to be the ones to go out there and, and produce. And you know what? You can look at these things in the way that the team is played and say, hey, this is what is going to happen. The offense isn't going to get on track. This is what we're going to see through the rest of the regular season. Or if you're in that locker room, you're in that clubhouse, you can look, hey, it it really can't get much worse than what we've been. So let's go out there, try to do something different. Let's not just do the same thing day in and day out. I really think that's where a lot of the frustration from the fan base came from uh, last night was just kind of seeing really the same at bats over and over and over again. A, A few glimpses of, you know, with Santiago and, uh, Davis up there having some quality at bats along with Ernie Clement, but let's do something different. Try something drastic because at this point you have to do something different when you're facing the the teams in the AL East as well, which historically this season the Blue Jays have struggled against. Why not try something different and try to turn the tide uh, heading into this reg- rest of the regular season? Isn't that something we've been talking about the entire season though? Um, Madison is, oh, they got to change their approach. Aren't we at the point where this team just I don't want to say has to get lucky, but just if they run into a couple home runs and the rotation does what it's done for the majority of the season, this team will win games. Other than that, if this team can't completely shut down the opposition, they're just flat out in trouble. Yeah, it's the uh, – talking about that frustration from the fan base, a lot of it had to do with the expectations of this team coming into this season and particularly the offense. There was a time where at the beginning of the season, you're looking at this lineup going, you could have several guys that have 30 or more home runs on the season and the home runs just have not been there uh, this year. And now I do, I think that the home runs are magically going to appear. No, Uh, but I do believe that there are other ways to score runs other than the home run. But, The catch is you can't just go up there and try to go up there and hit the home runs. You can't try to go up there and get hits because that's when your timing gets thrown off. And trust me, I've been in that situation where you almost feel so lost up at the plate. Nothing feels right mechanically. Your timing's all over the place, and you're trying to do whatever you can for the team. You want to produce for the team because you know that the team needs you. 
but it's almost like the harder you try, the worse the swing gets. So it, it takes a complete mental reset almost when you step into that batter's box. And now that's even more difficult because these guys are very well aware of where they are in the season, just how important every single game is. So that's where it starts to kind of overwhelm you and you start to let those outside voices get into your mind when you step into the batter's box. So that's why I still focus on the game approach, going up there and executing a game plan because to me that was a way that I could train my focus just to be on one pitch at a time. It's really easy to let the situation get even bigger when you step into the batter's box, especially last night knowing the deficit that the team was at. But if you can channel all of those emotions, all of that energy into one stream of focus up at the plate, that's how you can block out some of those other things. So to me, I I would just love tonight to go out there and see a lot more consistent quality at bats. Um, Even if you're hitting hard line drives to people, those are the types of things that bring little bits of energy back into your dugout. And a lot of those little bits of energy can add up over the course of a ball game. Do you like how John Schneider has been managing things lately with this group, particularly in this series with the Rangers? Yeah, I would say um, as far as putting the lineup together, um, you're, you, we've been dealing with, uh, I would say, like a bunch of different injuries and, you know, Brandon Belt, and you've got a bunch of um, different guys that you've had to move some people around. Um, one player I've been extremely, extremely impressed with is Kevin Biggio and the way that he's been able to produce up at the plate, but also the defensive plays that he's made. And really last night, The one bright spot, I would say, of the game for the Blue Jays was the defense. The defense was fantastic, especially in those early innings between early Clement making that nice play in the 5-6 hole and David Schneider making another nice play moving to his left. Um, So defensively, I I do like those moves. Um, When it comes to the bullpen rotation, like we talked about earlier, their numbers have, um, especially in that ERA and that walk category, have jumped up quite a bit recently. But with that, when the starting pitching happens to have a day where they're not shutting down the opposing offense, you have to start bringing in some of those matchups. So in an example like last night, I just don't think there was much that you could do um, from a a managerial standpoint to try to get things back on track because at the end of the day, the guys that are up there in the batter's box are the ones that have to get it done. Madison Shipman, Blue Jays analyst for SportsCent. Uh, Madison, um, hopefully uh, it isn't as a negative experience as it was last night at the Rogers Center for Blue Jays fans. Uh, should be a fun 16-game uh, stretch here. Thanks for this. Awesome. Appreciate it. There she is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. At the top of the hour, Frank Serafali, NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff. We'll see what Frank thinks about the Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin uh, comments yesterday at the Flames Charity Golf Classic yesterday. Uh, but right now we are at the um, beautiful, ridiculously furnished uh, executive community of Watermark at Bears Pop, the custom-built uh, home by Crystal Creek Homes. 6,800 square feet, five bedrooms, seven bathrooms um, for the hospital home lottery, our pal Val Ball. Hey. Hey, how are you? Good. I was just, I was just working out over there. Were you punching the, uh, yeah. the punching bag with the numbers? Yeah. So I was you know, I'm feeling a little balls. winded. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was juggling yeah. them. Look at you multitasking, getting a little work done. Yeah, they're four pound workout. and six pound, but I was juggling. Them. Yeah. So, um, I um, noticed by your muscles, by the yeah, way. Yeah, pretty <laughs> huge. So I looked at the, I looked at the uh, chin up bar and I was like, I'm not gonna pull this thing out of the wall. I'm yeah. Not One. That guy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 
Not today, sir. Not today. No. Um, struggling like Sam Bennett. Uh, uh, Val, uh, you're, a, uh, you're a big wig at the uh, hospital home lottery here. You're well, Hoover and Shaker. Well, I mean, I work for the Calgary Health I'm Foundation, just, which yeah. is pretty yeah. pretty awesome. It we is move awesome. and shake a lot of uh, great yeah. health care here in the city. Yeah, you're so. a mover and shaker. Yeah. Why isn't there a ball at the ping pong table? Because mm. well, we knew you were coming and we knew it would get lost. I and told you. somehow end up in your house. I sure. told you. So. In the hot tub. In the hot tub, okay. in the lawn, in the lake. I want to uh, I want to talk about the hot tub in a minute, but mm-hmm. uh, tell us how awesome uh, the prize are, the early bird stuff. Yeah. And uh, again, it's better than playing the regular lottery. You have a exponentially more chance at winning. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Than you would as the regular lottery. That's true. There's only one prize in the 649, but there's 1,500 mm. yeah. in the hospital and, home lottery. So. And the 50-50 is uh, 1.7 million right now. 1.7, Which yeah. is absurd. Yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you have a really good chance of winning when you get in. Of course, by Friday, you're in for the bonus prize, which is the Corvette in California. And I'll mm. do y'all a favor and not do my car sounds because, mm. you know, they're not good. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Give us a couple. Okay. Uh, Brum, brum. Mm, that, brum, didn't, brum, that didn't take a lot of coercing on no, Maddie. I was practicing. Oh, you don't want to hear my car so Come on. Okay, okay well, bro. <laughs> I guess I, I mean, could. I yeah. <laughs> But, of course, that's the cor- in was case that you didn't Corvette? know, that was the Corvette. That was the Corvette? Okay. That was yeah. the Corvette. And then Sip Sip, that's the California Napa mm. tour that goes with it. So, cool. brum, brum, Sip Sip. That's the bonus prize. Separate, though. Yes. Separate. Separate. Well, they come together. You can you get the Corvette, but you don't want to the do them to at California. the same time. Absolutely not. Um, or you can take one hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash if you mm. want to choose your own adventure. If those sound effects weren't enough to kind of awesome get you too. thinking about the possibilities, so you can do that. And then when you're in for that, you're in for the early bird, which of course is that beautiful Canmore condo, mm-hmm. million dollar early bird prize, and you're in for this beautiful house, which we've been really enjoying. Yeah, this is a great house. Five bedrooms, uh, seven bathrooms. Yeah. There's a gym. Huge TVs. Huge TVs. Everywhere you look. It's incredibly furnished. It's pretty awesome. you got to come check it out. It's a if whole you... bunch of Kim Crawford wine. Yeah. 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 If you're, you know, if you're, even if you're not in the area, it's like 10 minutes from Tuscany. It's out of the city, but it's actually not really out right. of the city. So mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful community here, a state community. It's got pathways. There's cascading waterfalls. L- literally, when you're driving into this neighborhood, yeah. there's like palaces you're driving by. <laughs> Like, that's what it is. There's some nice homes here. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the not... basketball courts are actually Listen, people's private backyards. <laughs> according to our texter yesterday, they're not making AM radio money. No. But they're making some bank. Uh, <laughs> these <laughs> people who live at these places. Um, there is a hot tub yeah. outside. I want to get your thoughts on hot tubbing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you mine. Um, I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Okay. And I find uh, hot tubs a little gross. Although okay. I could be talked into going in a hot tub in the winter time outside because there's less germs because it's cold outside and it's just the allure of being in a hot tub while it's freezing outside yeah. he's just so the moving two, the goalposts don't, yeah like they yeah. don't correlate right mm-hmm. no they don't okay i mean you put chlorine like it's not like you're like sharing yeah yeah but the thing is it's warm and i feel like there's just more bacteria and i'm just like and we're all just sitting in our own filth i'm thinking less bacteria with okay what warm. okay so if, uh, let's say let's play this game for the both of you, I win the I win the hospital home lottery, and uh-huh. everybody would yell "fix!" Like, what's going on here? How did you win? But there would be I'm absolutely no, yeah, there would be no 100%. shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Maddie Rose is moving yeah, in. Yeah, we're doing this like, show from we're, here. We're having time. a fun. Yeah. Could be a crazy sitcom. So let's say I win this, and I have the hot tub on the outside. Would you be offended if I said, "Hey, 
Do you mind jumping in the shower before you jump in the hot tub? No. Okay. No, I wouldn't I be offended. I think that's pretty I, – I would be surprised because I don't think it's an offensive question, but I also just think it's one of those things like, oh, really? Okay. Okay. Well, like you shower like, before you go to the, into the pool, a, though. Yeah, not always. You're supposed to, but you don't actually. Well, uh, you know, okay, rules so, are meant to be broken, so, I guess. So about like <laughs> who, again. who actually does that? Well, yeah. you'd run who the water the in the wet shower. room. Here. You'd run the water and at least let him think you showered before you got like, into I, the. Val, hotel. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, Val. Um, let me be honest with you right here. I think a lot of a lot of dudes at the at the Y getting a good workout. They're not showering before they jump in the pool. <laughs> they're jumping in the pool right after banging the weights at the gym. You're crashing all my beliefs. Yeah, right it's true. No, that's oh, yeah. that's what they're doing. They're not showering. But again, you would not be offended if I asked you to bathe before you jumped in the hot tub. If you asked me to bathe, I would be perplexed and confused. Okay, well, I wouldn't ask you, you to asked bathe. If you for a quick rinse, I could yeah. maybe get on board. I can't remember the last time I've had a bath. Yeah. It's been two-plus decades since I've had a bath. Well, when you win this house... There's yeah. some nice... Oh, that tub in that bathroom yeah. right there? Yeah. yeah. You don't even need it that. It looks like a cauldron <laughs> fit for humans. It's humongous. Yeah. If you're worried about germs, just get in the I'm tub. Always, Have I'm yourself always a party in the tub. Worried about germs. <laughs> um, uh, the early bird special uh, is crazy as well. Uh, this home is... But not, that's not the only prize we're giving away. There is a slew yeah. of prizes. Like, we're talking about this beautiful home. We're talking about the early bird we're talking about the Corvette, the Napa Valley trip, but there's way more stuff you can win, right? Yeah, there's something for everyone. There's some e-bikes, there's some trips, cars, there's a bunch of prizes. Anything that you think, oh, I could gift cards for cool local restaurants here, mm. all about supporting local, and we got some incredible foodies in the city, so why I have not? A question. Yeah. Why um, are you raising your hand? What are we supporting? What are we what yeah. are we doing <laughs> this year? Who are we helping? What's what's it all going to? Yeah, well Calgary Health Foundation, uh, through donations and the support of the lottery is able to help advance healthcare in our hospitals. And so this lottery in specific supports Rocky View General Hospital, Peter Lougheed Center and South Health Campus, all doing incredible work. Um, but actually last year, because of the incredible generosity of the community, we were able to um, purchase some technology in the area of prostate uh, surgery here in Calgary at Rocky View Hospital that is actually bringing a new technique to Calgary. So there's wow. a doctor that's been recruited to Calgary specifically uh, with skill sets in this area that's going to train physicians on um, this new surgical technique. And the outcomes are better. The amounts of patients they can see a lot broader, a lot more complex uh, cases and just the patient experience overall the amount of readmission etc decreases so it's an awesome kind of opportunity for us and right. we're bringing it right here to calgary because the community is supporting innovation and that is something that the lottery allows us to do yeah all of us either ourselves or, or somebody in our family or friends all need the healthcare system at yes. one point or another yeah. so it's a very very uh, important cause. Tell us uh, where we get the tickets. The best place to go is calgaryhospitalhomelottery.com. You can get your tickets there. You can get in for that $1.7 million 50-50 that's growing by the yeah. second yeah. probably. Sure. Uh, you can get your 100 days of winning. You can check out mm-hmm. this home virtually, yep. but you can come here and see us too. Yep. That's also an option. What Swing time is the house open at? Two. Two. Yeah. We'll be gone. Well. Patty Dumas will be here. I don't know. Like bring your swim shorts. We'll have a hot tub party. <laughs> 
Would they be okay if we fired up the hot tub? I don't think so. I, I wonder uh, if there's water in it. I don't think there's That's water in it. I think the representative <laughs> upstairs, so. I don't think she would let us <laughs> She would definitely But you're Val Ball, though, from the, you, you, you're, you're a big wheel. You could be like, we're firing up the hot tub. We got to test it out and make yeah. sure it hits the standards of a luxury estate home. Yes, this is. absolutely. George is going to conquer his germ fear. Yeah. We, Pro- you know what? Probably. We're not even going to rinse before we get in the hot tub. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So we're living great. on the edge here Crazy in Waterbury. <laughs> we can all lie in our own filth. That's great. It's not that bad. Um, call one triple How can you make something so relaxing and awesome? It sounds so terrible. Yeah, it sounds Have like you met punishment. me? That's a fair point by you. one triple eight five four one fifty five forty for tickets. Uh, visit Calgary Hospital Home Lottery. Dot com. Uh, the early bird draw. One more time, Val, the early bird draw. Well, you want to be in for the bonus prize, which is this yes, Friday. Yes. Early birds after that, because if you get your tickets, you're right. in for early bird and you're in for fun. My, my B. Uh, I, I love when you stop by. I love that you have us here. Thanks for yeah. this. Yeah. I love that you guys come and, you know, they put us just in the really embrace. Well, like you've embraced your surroundings. It's awesome. We always do. It's great. Uh, but they just throw us in the basement because, oh, the store's upstairs in the kitchen and the dining room. There's less to I think it's because we here. talk too much and they don't want to hear us. <laughs> Like how how much talking does Star have in an hour? Eight minutes? Cap. Oh, it's not eight. It's not even that much. Maximum eight minutes. Yeah. Back when I did FM, we would do like three two-minute breaks. That's it. An eh? hour. How and easy then we is that? Like t- I listen. I'm oh, here's gonna... this weird story about a guy at Tim Hortons, and then oh, and now <laughs> Michael Buble. Like how easy is that? <laughs> there was one moment in my final week where our topic was what belongs on a fruit platter. And I remember looking and being like, I can't wait to do sports again. <laughs> Strawberries. I can't wait to Pineapple. talk about. It's like, it's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys got a hard job, but, you know, someone's got to do it. Yeah, mm, it's true. Something yeah. like that. Um, we're professionals. Uh, Val Ball uh, from the Hospital Home Lottery, uh, Calgary Health Foundation. Thanks for this, as always. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, Frank Cervalli next, NHL Diddly Faceoff. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.